0: The scripture reading of this morning will be from Philippians, the second chapter, verses one through five. Paul writing the Philippians says, Therefore, if any of, have encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort in his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Well together we are the body of Christ. We all come together to form that image of Christ in this world and that should have an impact on our, on our lives, how we treat others, and also what we look like to this world and how we treat this world. And so in this series we've looked about at having the eyes of Christ to, to see what Christ sees and if we had the ears of Christ what would we hear, what would we listen to, whose voice would we listen to. And today we're going to talk about the mind of Christ if I have the mind of Christ, what do I think? What's my attitude? You know, where I grew up, every once in a while we came across a, a guy specifically that, that uh, we used to say he had a Messiah complex. Now I know that means different things in different places, but where I grew up, it kind of meant that he thought he was God's gift to, uh, to, to the females of the world. You know, he had a Messiah complex. I'm, I'm the greatest thing that ever, <coughs> ever happened. Now, there's other people that have a Messiah complex. They, uh, they think they're the Savior of the world, and through power and authority, they're going to make all the difference in, in this world. Well, we're not to have a Messiah complex. We're to have the mind of the Messiah, the mind of Christ. And we don't change the world through authority and power, but through selflessness and through sacrifice. We are to have the mind of Christ, and the world just doesn't get it. Do you like the little brain games that are out there? Maybe riddles, teasers like that? I brought a couple for you this morning. Here's the first one. If there are seven apples and you take away three, how many apples do you have? Just holler out the answer. Thank you. Very good. You have three. Yeah, you took three, right? So you have, have three. All right, here's another one for you. When I was four years old, my brother was half my age. Now I'm 18. How old's my brother? Thank you, very good. At first service, they're not very fast. At first service, they were, they were saying nine. Yeah, he's 16, you're 16. Two years younger than you, 16. Now, I have to tell you, when I, I read things like this, the first thing I thought of was nine, you know, or four for the first one. And since that's what I thought, I knew it had to be wrong, you know, that there was a trick to it. And, and quite frankly, when I think like the world and like Jesus so when I, when I want to instantly respond to a situation, I think I have to stop and pause and say, wait a second, that's probably not the right response. That's probably not how Jesus would have me to respond. I have to stop and think about it. Because the world does not understand this mind of Christ. It doesn't make a bit of sense to them. And so we're going to ask the question today, if I had the mind of Christ, what would we think? I mean, my attitudes would be different. How I looked at things. What guides me through life would be different. What I dwell on and meditate would be different. So if we had the mind of Christ, what would we think? And Paul tried to help us understand that the world just doesn't get it. I mean if you don't if you're not a Christian, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ living in you, then these characteristics don't make sense to us, to you. But once Christ lives in us, we have a new way of, of looking at situations. He explains this in First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. He says, "The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit." The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? And I'm going to stop right there. Who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Now, the Christians, the Jewish people listening to these words would have known immediately that he was quoting the Old Testament. He's actually quoting Isaiah chapter 40, verse 13. Now, many of us who have been believers a long time and read the Bible a lot know Isaiah 40. We we have favorite verses from it. In fact, my wife's uh, favorite verse is in Isaiah 40, but the word of the Lord endures forever, that little passage. But they would have understood what he was talking about here and so let's just go to Isaiah 40 and let me put it in context Isaiah 40 beginning in verse 12 he says who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or with the breadths of his hands marked off the heavens who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor so Isaiah is saying God created all I mean, are you, are you going to instruct the one who, who could hold the waters in his hands? And, and so back to our text. He says, so who has the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? And Paul answers the question here that's asked in Isaiah 40. But we have the mind of Christ. <laughs> wow. In other words, it, with the Spirit living in us, we have an, the attitude, the mind of the one who created this world who measured the breadth, who held the water, who balanced the hills and the mountains. We have this kind of attitude through the Spirit living in in us, and it impacts everything we do. It changes everything in how we view people, of how we see our purpose, how we view success or what we think is important in life, how every decision is made and viewed is through this lens of having the mind of Christ, the Creator, You see, our minds matter, and they make a difference in our lives. And so if I had the mind of Christ, what would I think? Now, in your Bible, turn over to Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to look verses 1 through 11 to kind of answer this question. And about in the middle of this passage is verse 5, which I think is kind of the heart of what Paul is trying to teach us today and what God would want us to know. Philippians 2.5 In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In other words, each of us should be characterized by the mind of Christ. It is our mindset. It's the frame of mind that we have. Sometimes I wonder if I can control my moods or my attitudes. And Paul doesn't, say, Paul said, doesn't think that we are slaves to our, our moods are slaves to our attitudes, that they can be controlled. And they can be controlled by God. You see, there's a world mindset. And the world mindset is very different than Christ's mindset. Paul explains it this way in Romans 8:5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. You see, there's a world mindset that basically says uh, my actions follow my feelings. If it feels good, do it. And so whatever I feel like doing, that's going to determine how I act. But there is a spirit mindset, the Christ mindset, that does not act upon merely our feelings. It acts upon a decision and then waits for our feelings to follow. And so I make a decision, and that's my action, and then the feelings follow. I, I, for many of you, you get that, right? I, I know for some of you, you lived that out this morning. I mean, you being here right now is a testimony to this. I mean, I, I love our college students on, on Sunday mornings. I don't think many of you woke up this morning and said, whew, that was a good night's sleep. Couldn't sleep another minute if I wanted to. What am I going to do? Well, hey, I feel like going to church and, being with my, you know, everybody else in my room is asleep and not doing anything, but I, I feel like getting up. But you made a decision, and you came, and Evan had donuts for you, right? A little sugar intake, got the feelings going. And I hope that you're glad that you're here. We are. I mean, I see it in our young moms. I see a lot of little babies in here. Could I have an amen from a baby? Nah, well, you wait. I'll get one here in a minute. But, you know, how many mamas woke up this morning with their little infants and uh, the little baby woke up all happy, ate its food, didn't complain, took every bite, didn't drop anything, got all dressed, made sure they had that dirty diaper well before it was time to leave, not as you were walking out the door, no problems. And so why not be here? I mean, everything's going just perfect. You know, that, that's not how it happens. Some of our older folks, you you woke up this morning without an ache in your body, just saying, wow, I feel like I'm 20 again. I got nothing to do. i just, no. But you made a decision, and you acted on it, and now the feelings followed it. But many of you didn't wake up just having that feeling. Now, some of us have been Christians long enough, you woke up and you couldn't wait to get here. I mean, you really couldn't, and, and I understand that. But I'm just saying that a lot of times that's not how the world sees things and I honor you for being here you've developed this mindset and here at the Edmund Church of Christ we think it's very important that God's disciples develop this kind of mindset and one of the ways that we want to help you do that is through our daily Bible studies you've hear, heard us talk quite a bit about it and I want to join my voice with those who encourage you to participate in the daily Bibles I mean uh, our DBS our Bible studies it's a wonderful way for you to The Discovery Bible Studies I kept saying daily Discovery Bible Studies is That For you to get in God's word And it's very, very simple All we ask you to do Is get together with two or three other people Now the hardest part of starting one of these Is just asking the people So ask some of your friends But if you're courageous courageous, Maybe go through the generations Find some people in a class older than you Or maybe in a class that's younger than you And pick out a time And ask them if they could join you At lunch or breakfast or a coffee time and there's a pretty good chance That the first people that you ask Their schedules won't match yours And they'll, they'll tell you no or, or maybe they're just not interested The most challenging part of this Is asking people Because you're afraid They're going to turn you down But I want you to know That God works even through the asking Even if they don't join you In the Bible study Ask anyway And, and if you're a little bit afraid of that Just ask some of your friends to start with Get together for six months or a year and the beauty of this is there's no preparation You don't have to say I can't study for this You just take one of our bookmarks It's on the screen It gives you the text and the questions So bring a bookmark Bring a Bible And that's all you have to do And if you bring your Bible on an app That's even better Because one of the, one of the uh, steps is to read the text Out of, out of different translations And so that's a, that's a wonderful benefit And then just have these conversations Allow God to speak to you through others And through his word And allow God to speak through you to others. And we can help each other be disciples. And we can also help others become disciples through studying God's word. I hope that you'll take this very serious, to have this mind of Christ. Well, as we develop this mind, let's go to our text. Philippians chapter 2 and begin in verse 1. Therefore if any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ If any comfort from his love If any common sharing in the spirit If any tenderness and compassion Let's just stop there And first of all when it says if That means yes as Christians we have this In fact it very easily could have been translated since Since you have these things These are gifts that we have from God And, And so as Christians we receive them First of all, we received encouragement from being united with Christ. We are united. We're not alone. I can remember being at, growing up in a small congregation with just a few people in the youth group, and quite frankly, several of them were not really into living for Christ. And I couldn't wait to be a part of a campus ministry where there were other people that, that cared about Jesus. And they weren't perfect people, but I had this common encouragement. There's a joy in coming alongside other people who are there with you, And and that are journeying with you. It's like like a a little child who hadn't seen their parent for an hour or two or or longer. And the parent comes into the room and the child runs to them with open arms. What an encouragement to be back with those that you love. And I hope today as you walked in, whether a, a part of this church family or a guest that you were greeted with an open hand, a palm out, a handshake, or you're afraid of the flu, maybe an elbow or whatever, or maybe even a hug. But I hope that you were greeted and felt welcomed. And there's encouragement that we have from being united in Christ. He said we've also received comfort from His love. We have this common experience in that we've all experienced Christ's love in our lives. And the experience of His love then causes us to show that love to others as well. You know, I, um, I've been very mindful of those who have been sick. And uh, I can remember the first time I was sick and wasn't at home. Actually, I was in college. So I feel for our college kids that might have had the flu, and their mamas are long ways away. But I'm sure you have roommates that will treat you just as wonderful as your... Never mind. So you're all alone in your illness, and nobody's there for you. Or maybe you've gone overseas or out of the country, and you got sick. It's not fun to be sick on vacation or sick on a trip or to be in a hospital in a foreign country. There is comfort in being around those who love us that have that common experience. And we have Christ in our life, and we have comfort from his love. We've also received fellowship with the Spirit. It's a common sharing in the Spirit. That passage could be translated, The Spirit has brought you into fellowship with one another you see it's the spirit living in me and he sees and you have the spirit living in you and together that brings us into fellowship because when the spirit lives in me what does that mean i have love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control and that's what's in you as well as a believer and so it brings us into this unique fellowship because we're both expressing this love and joy and fellowship we have fellowship in the spirit And then Paul picks out two of those and said, We've received tenderness and compassion. We've received Christ's tenderness and compassion. Tenderness when we're tender to one another, it means that we're sensitive. You have if you have something that's tender, it's very, very sensitive. And Christ was tender towards us. He was sensitive to our needs and our feelings and compassion. It means I feel for you, I feel your sorrow. And I want to do something about it I want to alleviate it And so he says these are the things that we've had So let's review and then add in verse 2 Philippians 2, 1 Therefore if you have any encouragement From being united with Christ If any comfort from his love If any common sharing in the spirit If any tenderness and compassion Then make my joy complete By being like minded Having the same love Being one in spirit And of one mind You see, the gifts of verse 1 makes it possible for us to live out verse 2. So these gifts make it possible for us to be like-minded. We've been united with Christ, and now we can be like-minded. Does that mean I have to think just like my wife always thinks? I hope not, because we see things differently. My sister-in-law cross-stitched this little saying. It's on her wall in her in her house. It says, I know you think you understand what you thought I said, but I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. Maybe you've seen this. I'm not for sure who said it for the first time. They attribute it to several different politicians. But uh, whoever said it, they they really expressed it. You know, we see things differently. My wife thinks differently than I do. And we see things different. Latest example, yesterday, working in the flower bed out front. I saw... Weeds. She saw flowers. And we we see things differently. But we all saw, both of us saw, God's beautiful creation. And we had the joy of being outside working together. It doesn't mean that we always think exactly the same, but we are like minded. Our attitudes are the same. It doesn't mean we have to agree on everything, but we do have to agree that we have the mind of Christ. It is our attitude, it is our approach. What does Jesus think? And then we come alongside that. These gifts of verse 1 also help us to have the same love. We have comfort from his love, and so we can have that same love. There are things that I love, and when I find out other people love them as well, it gives us something common that we can share. I think one of the last times I preached, I quoted from a book I had just finished for pleasure, just a fun, fun book. And I, I quoted it. I don't even think I, I mentioned the name of the book or even the author. I'm not for sure. Well, after services, uh, James Bettis walks up to me and he says, so you just read Oathbringer by Brandon Sanderson? And I said, yeah. You like Brandon Sanderson? He said, yeah. We had this common thing all of a sudden. Brandon Sanderson is one of my favorite authors right now. I've read all of his books multiple times. And, uh, you know, so we have this common thing, and we talked about it. Listen, what we share in common is Christ's love. And we sh- you should have that same thing. I mean, when I see you, when we're together, it's that com- we have this common interest, this same love that draws us together. We have something to talk about. We have something to visit about. We have something to celebrate together. We have this fellowship in the Spirit, and therefore we can be one in Spirit. That fellowship makes it possible. When I see this one in Spirit, or your Bible might say one accord, it reminds me of Acts chapter 2 When those early Christians When they, had, they were in one accord They had the same common purpose they, they had all things in common That's what it means to live like that And we can be one in, pur- in purpose We overcome any small differences to work together for a common purpose We have a common goal We live in harmony with each other It doesn't mean that we're all identical It doesn't mean that we're all on the same note But it does mean we're all singing the same song We have that in common I love it when little toddlers get around a piano Little babies, have you ever seen a baby around a piano? They they love to take their little hands and spread their fingers out as wide as they can And just slam on the keys because it makes noise and they're the ones causing it to make noise And they just slam around and, uh, But then they grow a little bit And all of a sudden you, you see them learning that you know, that noise is loud And it, there's something wrong with that noise And so they start, they discover that one finger can also make noise But it's a more pleasant sound And so that little young child starts playing one note And they just skip around and play high, play low They're just playing different notes and it won't be long if they're around the keyboard very long, that they'll learn that there's certain notes that go together. And if they keep working at it, pretty soon, they'll have a melody, and not just a melody, but a harmony, And they're making music. And that, That's how we need to be. We're not all just playing the same note, but we're in harmony together. We're not just banging around. We have a purpose. We have a goal, and we are unified. And a unified church is a formidable fortress that can stand strong against false teaching. It can stand strong against this world and its pressures. We can be that kind of church. But there are some pitfalls to having the mind of Christ things that stop us on our journey. Look at verses 3 through 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather, in humility, value others. Above yourselves Not looking to your own interests But each of you to the interests of others So the first pitfall I'd point out is there's, Sometimes there's too much rivalry And not enough cooperation You need to be very careful Rivalry and competition Do you enjoy a good rivalry, a good competition? They're great in sports I, I enjoy them too But they're not good in church Not here Cooperation is the game here So I need to be very careful with my selfish ambitions and what I want and the team I like. Thinking just about me, that is not the mind of Christ. Another pitfall is too much conceit and not enough humility. You know, if a conceited person just has an extremely high opinion of themselves. You know what, conceit is nothing that I want to strive for, but too often I excel at it. We need to be very careful with conceit You see, when the goal here is to be humble In other words, I don't even enter into the equation That's what humility is I mean, I don't even think about me I'm so focused on you and your needs Or thinking of others in this world And the needs of this world That I'm not thinking about myself I'm thinking of others That's how Christ lived in this world And then another pitfall is too much criticism And not enough Appreciation. heard the bad joke this week of a, a man who was in the hospital bed And he, he looks up at it at his wife and he says You've always been there for me when I've had trouble When I lost my shirt in that bad investment, you were there with me When I was in that accident and wreck, wrecked the car, you, you were there When I was fired from my job, you were there I've come to the conclusion that you're really bad luck You know too often, that's, that's how we view those around us. Listen, we need to be very careful about criticizing others. Instead, we need to show appreciation. The mind of Christ is one of appreciation. And another pitfall is too much self-absorption and not enough consideration. I mean, we're just self-absorbed. In other words, I am so full of myself... There is no room for anything else. No room for you, no room for others. But instead, we need to be considerate. It's not how do I feel, it's how do others feel. It's not how does this impact me, but what's the impact that this might have on others. The mind of Christ remains focused on the greatest need, and that need is not always me. So, consideration means I think of you. I show respect and concern for the needs of others, I put myself in your shoes. Consideration is sympathy it's empathy it's working to understand others and that's what Paul wants us to be as the body of Christ again in Philippians 2, 5 in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus and I think that's his point I think that's where verses 1 through 4 we're headed and it's sometimes it's hard to live well, in just a moment we're going to have an invitation And I'm going to actually let verses 6-11 through 11 be our invitation for today Because I think it shows you what it looks like to, to live what we've just been talking about Verses 1-5 through 5. It's hearing what Christ did and how Christ lived And for those of you who don't have the Spirit living in you In other words, you haven't given your life to Christ You haven't put Him on in the waters of baptism this verse might not make complete sense to you But I hope you will listen to it And I hope you'll respond to it I hope you'll hear of the sacrifice Christ made Because there's a day is coming When you and all of us will bow a knee And confess Jesus Christ as Lord Will it be on judgment day? Or will judgment day just be one more time of many That you've confessed him as Lord Would you confess him as Lord today And be baptized in the waters of baptism? For those of us who have given our lives to Christ, listen again to the life Christ lived, that we might have this same attitude, this mindset in how we live our lives, and might recommit to having the mind of Christ. Philippians 2, beginning in verse 6. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. To the glory of God the Father. I hope that you will allow God to take control of your life. In fact, we're going to sing the song. Lord, take control. My heart, my mind, my body, my soul. I give to you. Take control. If you need to respond publicly, we invite you to do so. as We stand together and sing.